been three years since I left this cluster of parishes to change once again. And uh, I'm helping out in place of Father Paul who has to self-isolate for several days now. It's been a rough time. A lot of things that we've adapted with. It's still a little bit unsettling because there's so many things that are not under our control. We hear different things. And for me, I found out it's best not to watch the news. Because there's just too many stories. You know, sometimes there's a story like, we're all gonna die! And then there's the other end that says, oh, you might get a snowfall. For most of us, it's somewhere in between those that get it, COVID-19. There are people that have died from it, of course. That is sad. But it's not as if something totally new has come upon us. The fact that we as human beings were earthly beings also, a mix of spirit and flesh. And so we do respond to the laws of nature. And for each one of us, there will come a time when we take our last breath and our heart stops beating. We know not when. So it's not being afraid, it's, it's being a fearful or concerned in one way. But it's just enough for us as people of faith, it's just getting back to the basics. That we believe in a God who is with us even through difficult times when Jesus died on the cross. He went into the face of suffering, he accepted it in his own being, and through that, his resurrection and ascension has shown us that there is life. That's what we hope for in the end. So it's not as if this illness is taking something from us that we need to cling to. Yes, we have loved ones. We have people around us and a sense of dignity in our families and in our schools and our places of work that help our sense of the goodness of life. But we know, if you think of it in the citizenship, if you ever travel abroad, you have to have a passport. Passport that gets you from one country to another. That announces, I am a citizen of this country, but I get a stamp or an acceptance, a visa, or just a wave through into another country. In a sense, we want to prepare our passport for the kingdom of heaven. We get to do our best to work with God. Now, today's readings talk about someone who is wrong or someone who does something that is wrong. The first reading says, You shall warn them for me. That's the role of the prophet. But it's not just the message of Beware, or you will die, which is what we hear in today's passage. But if you warn them and they turn away from their wickedness, then they will live. But the warning is meant to be a shock that gets them to look at their lives and change their behavior. So in another way, it's clean. Please, live a life worthy of the Lord. If we think about Correcting a brother or sister 
who sins against us. That's what Jesus talks about. He says, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Now, there's a thing that you say, okay, we have to point out his sin. Oh, but there's a great difference in the way we do it. A way of judgment is you were a jerk and you hurt me when you said or did that. That's not going to mend fences that easily. But there is a way of compassion and love. I was hurt by what happened between us. Can we talk about it? Can we resolve it? It says here to do it between yourself and the person. It takes a lot of energy to do it in that compassionate way. Because if we start from our place of hurt, we want to hurt back. But Jesus says, talk with them alone. How often are we prone as human beings to complain about it somewhere else, not to the person themselves? And we make it a public issue that way. It says, if you won't listen to you, bring a couple witnesses and establish the facts. Not the hearsay, not, not the uh, how I felt because of it or something like that. That's all related. But the fact is, what specifically happened? What event took place or did not take place? Or what words were said or were not said? And analyze them to find out if someone might have misinterpreted something. I know in my anxiety that I can easily uh, distort something. And I'm not based on the facts anymore. I'm based on my emotional journey inside. And I have to learn to kind of rein that in and say, okay, I'm kind of going crazy with this in my head. What really happened? And how do I deal with it out there? The main thing that Paul says in the second reading is love sums everything up. Period. If we truly love God, then the first three commandments make sense. To love him above all things, to not use his name inappropriately, and to honor his heaven. And if we really love all of our neighbors, then it means honoring our parents and those in authority, honoring someone's life, someone's belongings, someone's reputation, someone's spouse. He said, all of those can be added up and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And that's the strong virtue, Christian virtue of love. As long as I'm here, I was going to say a few words about worldwide marriage and how. You may remember that I've been involved in that for several years. This fall, we were going to have a weekend in Wyndham at Shalom Hill Farm, a little retreat center, and at Abbey of the Hills in Marvin, South Dakota. This last week, we just got directives from the National um, Board of Worldwide Marriage and Comedy that we are not to have in-person weekends before November 1st, at least November 1st. This summer, they had said there was a presumption for virtual weekends until the end of the year. Unless, unless, but it was a very kind of condition, unless. It said, unless all national, state, and local protocols for sanitizing, 
and distancing and mask wearing and everything can be put into place. So we were trying to do that at Shalom Hill Farm and Abbey of the Hills. And we thought we had that in place, but then the nation, the national board changed its mind to say none. So what we're doing is this fall we're putting on a couple of virtual weekends. And that means that instead of being in person at the retreat center, the couples will all walk on. Zoom is the platform that uh, I did two uh, virtual weekends this summer, one in July in Spanish, based out of North, North California, and then in early August, one in English, based out of Houston, Texas. And I was surprised how smoothly the whole weekend on Zoom went. Especially uh, breaking the groups up into small chat rooms when appropriate. Especially during the meal times, we had to go. We were told, uh, take care of anyone else at home with you, children, or if someone has a parent living with them. And then bring your simple meal back to you in front of the screen. And then we were broke out into, uh, into breakout rooms where a, a certain mix of people would be together. And I had one of the presenting team, and would be as the presenting priest. And then the next meal would be uh, a different mix of people. So we actually got to ask questions. Where are you from? Uh, how old are you? How long have you been married? How many children do you have? And then some of the questions about the weekend. Is this going okay for you? Is something difficult? Um, how is the dialogue method that they talked about going? Or is this something you're struggling with that we can help you? And then we finished with a virtual mass on Sunday afternoon around 2 o'clock. And so uh, that is a different thing. I found in, in my little lake house where I've been living uh, for the last year, I put up a ladder and I put my laptop on there, flip it open the other way, and I can pretty much get it so it sees the altar, that, the small little altar that I have. And, uh, do the mass there. But so we're doing a weekend in late September virtually, and we're doing a weekend in November uh, virtually. So if any of you are interested in that, usually we hand out flyers at the end of Mass, and I've asked Carl and Pat Neiman to help with that. Just take a flyer only if you're interested. Um, you can have either a folded brochure or two kinds of sheets of paper that we have, like a poster, a letter form, and all of it has the information, who to contact and how. I have been doing a little bit more Worldwide Marriage Encounter because as of July of last year, I stepped away from the parish that I went to, Tracy Milroy, helping out in Marshall. And I've been more in a weekend substituting thing. And I had the freedom to get more involved in Worldwide Marriage I did. I did several weekends last fall. I think I told you, I saw you at Christmas, I told you. I had to go to the weekend in Hawaii in November. That was such a sacrifice. But the beauty of it is, I always enjoyed the tech retreats with the youth because there's something beautiful that happens on that kind of a, of a weekend. You, you're kind of in a, in a tense group that wants to know more about their faith. Wants to know more about how what happened to Jesus applies to us. And how if we cling to him, he can give us meaning for our life. 
direction. And I see that happen in a world like parents are coming to, especially when couples settle into patterns that suck the joy, maybe suck the joy out of what they used to have. And they don't know how to get back. And they can learn a few things. They can change their perspective and work on helpful, in a healthy manner on their marriage, on their couple communication and respect and love. So on your way out, if you want to grab a flyer, you're more than welcome to. And remember, we heard in the readings today, whenever there is a moment of fault or sin or hurt or correction, that it be done with love, with the desire not to punish someone else and make them hurt as much as we, they hurt us, but to really desire healing between them. If we remember that everyone that we have a grudge against we should pray for them because they are a child of God too. And if we can have a better relationship with them, some of them we have to admit might never come about because it takes two people to work on it. But if we do our part, but give it a chance and to truly love them and truly want to grow, 